Welcome back to Isirka, a digital journey of self-discovery. My name is Amina Isir, and thank you so much for joining me on my journey. I hope you've enjoyed the past couple episodes. Um, And, you know, since doing those episodes and sitting down with my parents and talking to them or giving them a space to really kind of relay their life experiences and things that they went through in a very different way than conversations we've had in the past has really kind of allowed a space to have more conversations about their life journey and especially for my mom like as I mentioned in her episode she never talked about her life in Somalia beforehand and now she's like oh and then this happened and then this happened and oh do you want to talk to that person you should put that person so that's been really cool and amazing to kind of experience in this episode I talked to Samia Hashi a Canadian Somali who was born and raised in Canada and went back to Somaliland after her mother moved there And she also has a YouTube series, The Somaliland Tourists, where her and her mom kind of share parts of their lives and their adventures. And I was watching it with my mom the other day, and it was so cute. She was like, Allah, like, it was so cool just to see, like, especially women, like, taking such autonomy over their lives, especially in a place that's in such a patriarchal, misogynist society. But this episode um, and this whole journey so far in this podcast makes me think a lot of um, Beyonce's song, Find Your Way Back. And it's like, regardless of how far people stray away, everybody's going back home. Samia and her mom's story is a good example of that, of people that have been in Canada for so long, they've come back to Somaliland. Her mom has been able to come back after 30 years of living in the West. And Samia lives in Somaliland as well. And we had a really great conversation talking about what how, what the journey of going back looks like like the going back isn't necessarily even so much about going back to the motherland but going back to you know who you are at your essence right what your cultural identity um what like what kind of what that gives you as a person um we talk about learning about somali music and trying to navigate through living in the country um and reconnecting to the land her and her mom have a farm and they've been able to just you know kind of live their best life make sure to check her out on instagram at samia underscore hashi and on youtube as the somaliland tourist so enjoy this episode Yeah. And it's the best thing I could have asked for. So we get to hear whatever my grandma remembers from her lifestyle. And then it's even cute. It's like my, when my mom snaps at her mom and then I snap at my mom. It's like this, this little circle or the opposite. It doesn't have to be negative when we snap at our family. But like I I appreciate my mom and then my mom appreciates her mom. It's just cool. It's, it's a big cycle of knowledge that's being passed up and down. Here it's almost like nephews. It's like I realize what I deserve here. Mm. I have so so much weight lifted off of me. No, I don't think it's just a retirement life here. I'm just referring to the title of retirement because this is how easy life can be lived over mm-hmm. here. It's I've situated a really good, a really good way of life, 
and honestly i can't i can't leave my mom or my grandma i'm like the biggest most attached person right now yeah. i used to get a bit made fun of for being a mama's girl but it didn't i don't understand what they were making fun of me for because like that's like that's what one should be that's the person that raised you right yeah i spend my entire i've pretty much spent my entire life watching my mom take care of my grandma mm-hmm. so i know that my turn will also be coming mm-hmm. so i'm just actually just making the I'm making that integration easier by just making it seamless. <laughs> wow. Did your grandma, did she live with you guys in Canada? Yeah, she's a Canadian citizen as well. She came when we were, I think when I was two or something, four. Oh, wow. But yeah, she's on Canadian pension as well. Oh, so nice. We're just the same. Yeah, we're the same three people. Yeah. Like, how is that affected as, like, how you conceptualize even what Somali womanhood is? Oh, it's... It's always, they've always had a strong image in my head mm-hmm. from being raised from the beginning. But now it's like, they're, we're actually unstoppable. Like, it's quite frightening how strong a Somali woman could be. I almost wish she didn't have to be this strong, mm-hmm. but it, it, it puts a lot of pressure. There was, there was a point in time before I moved here, and now I'm very chill. Like I told you, my mood is very chill. Yeah. But when I was in the West, I was just under so much pressure. I was like, oh my God the shoes I have to fill if that's what my grandma went through like let's just talk like general traumas that any person could go through in their lifetime right yeah. if grandma through those amount of trauma mom has her own set of tra- traumas and I'm looking down a barrel and I'm like holy shit what do I have coming for me mm-hmm. and do I have to be able to handle it like what if I'm not that strong and then that thought instantly gets dismissed because I get my grandma's image of her her image of her face blowing up in my face so i'm like that's nothing to worry about there (laughs) what about for you does your day-to-day look like and how do you like move through the city the country i'm literally my mom's shadow (laughs) so i just my mom is i don't know how she's doing all these things but the first day i got there like the first within the first three days i was burnt out yeah because I'm just following mom. She wakes up at the crack of dawn, Salah. Then she starts doing this. She starts doing that. You got to go to the market. You come back for this. You do that. Then you get a good, like, chill time during Duhur. Mm-hmm. But then you got to get up and go do something else and do something else. Mind you, you don't have to do all these things. It's just the life that my mom has uh, kept herself occupied with mm-hmm. involves, like, active. It's active. Every day is active. So a day in my life, aside from being exhausted, I'm done being exhausted now. I've, I've, I've caught up to speed with my mom. Mm-hmm. And it's very exciting. So... We pretty much wake up in the morning for prayer, nap again, but then we get back up and run out the house for groceries. I love that groceries are like an everyday fresh necessity. Mm-hmm. So you go get your fresh groceries. Uh, we come back, we chill on our store, whether we sell anything for the day or not. It's just good combos in there. Mm-hmm. And then uh, close up for the water. That's our like uh, Netflix and chill time. <laughs> Mom and I just start binging, binging everything on the YouTube and by Asar, we'll either sit at our storefront or uh, go to our farm or go use some high-speed internet in the city. That's pretty <laughs> much it. And then we're in bed by eight. Oh. Bed by eight. I've never, like, had such an amazing sleep pattern. It's weird. I've never been a morning person, so. Yeah, I feel like it's it, the life here is not even set up to be a morning person because you're watching Netflix or you're just staying up or going out, like, for no reason. But they suggest that you go to sleep by nine, like, generally speaking. So you can wake up early mm-hmm. and start your day. Um, so do you live on the outskirts of the city? Yeah, it's like at a at a point where the buses don't reach. So it's it's very spacious. 
There's camel herders chilling. It's great. Oh, wow. So you have like, so you have a good like balance of like, you know, you're still close enough to the city, but you don't live within the city like chaos. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely prime. Like, I tell my mom every morning, like, Alhamdulillah, like, this is just, we can sit on our storefront and we're not bothered by, like, Sigada, Datka, like, you're not afraid to exit your, your compound, you know? Yeah. You can just chill on your front door. But that was entirely, entirely for my grandma. Like, she needs, she needs space. <laughs> yeah. No, that- so now that you chose Hargeisa, how do you feel about your decision or how was life for you? Uh, I'm so happy with it. I just feel so free ironic because i don't think a lot of people see this place as free i understand that the west world and growing up there was freedom but i felt limited with with very silly things like this sounds so ridiculous but bills and like payments and 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 like conforming to the norm like when i put up my uniform to go to work and talk to people it's like i'm doing that on purpose like i'm not doing that because i want to Mm. (laughs) so now that I'm here, it's a lot more freeing, and the conversations are way more natural and not forced than they were over there. So, so the freedom yeah. that you speak of is like just to be what type of per- person? Do you feel like you can still be, um, like the Samia that you would have been in Canada, or yes, completely? And that's why it's like a double bonus. It's like I can still be that entire Samia that was there, but I'm heightened, and it's like times ten over here for like two factors. The motherland factor and my mom factor. Mm -hmm. And it's even in my mom, but she, like, I see her and the mom that she was in Canada and the mom that she is here, it's like she was literally wearing a straight jacket over there. Yeah. Like, now that she's here, she's got, like, people want to say she has all these skills, but it's just that Mm. and she has time Mm. to explore every channel of what she thinks she can do or can't do. Mm. Versus when you're over there, work, you got to take care of the kids, you got to do all of this. There's no time to actually enjoy yourself. It's even rooted into like her language. Her language, like my mom never. I, I don't think I ever really saw her joke or laugh. Or when someone would make a when Ajnabi would make like a joke, she wouldn't get it, and she'd look at us for like a little explanation, you know, because we're the first English speaking, we're the English speaking ones, mm-hmm. and we'd explain the joke to her, and she still wouldn't get it. And I was like, damn, does my mom just like not like? Does she not have a sense of humor? Yeah. And then I see her talking to these people, and I'm like, oh my god, my mom's fucking hilarious. Like, where did this all come from? <laughs> How has it been for you to be able to witness that experience, as opposed to like your siblings? Are you, have your siblings been able to come back to? my land or are they still in Canada yeah they've come like my little brother spent a year here finishing his high school my si- my other siblings come like for holidays mm-hmm. but I'm the only one that it has been like very frequenting here mm-hmm. so it's cool it's really cool to see the experience to see just to see my actual mom yeah it's kind of ridiculous so then it makes me feel like Oh my God! There's like a there's a, another Sammy about to be unleashed here, yeah. and I'm so fucking here for it. Like, so what do you think? So what do you think that Sammy is about to do? Like, what is that gonna look like? She's got access, and yeah. what's crazy is these are the things you talk about in the West. You think you have access, you think you can start and do any business, you you think you have freedom, but here it's like. Oh no! You could like literally start anything, and it'll be something useful to. It keeps me very motivated because it's constant. Like it's a constant um, uh, confidence boost, right? Like this, you do something, and you get the gratification from wherever it's coming from, and then you're you're like chill. Like I haven't had any down moments. I was just talking to my mom about this earlier. I'm a very like multi personality person, so I keep get 
swing very quickly depends on literally anything mm -hmm. uh but being here already for two months i looked at hoya and i was like uh aside from me snapping at every scenario every couple of weeks i haven't had my usual like funks of depression i haven't had my like you know i just haven't had my waves so it's cool it's very cool that i'm neutralized here it's, and then my mom reminds me like this is the life eight we made this for us so like yeah. I'm always like, you're right. It didn't just happen. It's, it's, it, but she, she made it. Like, she very made it. And I'm lucky enough to... I would have fell into that diaspora trap if I didn't have my mom making, like, way light of the situation. Again, though, like, she was never a social bug. So she made her happiness in the outskirts and in a farm and things like that. By the way, you're absolutely welcome. Anytime. It's Oh my God! What's, <laughs> listen, you don't even have to tell me what I'm. I'm there. Shabal. I, I would love to. Honestly, made fun of my mom. Like, what? What's your mom doing over there? I'm like, she's retired. Yeah. She, they're like, no, but what's she doing? Doesn't she have a business? Yeah. Mentality is always like, I'm here and you have to have a business. I was like, I guess you want to call her veggie shop a business, but like, she's just <laughs> buying her own groceries and selling it to other people. So it's not always about that business chase. We're we're definitely. Hands-on farm type of place because she knows she knows that you cannot just give your 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 passion to someone to work it for you like it's not going to do anything if you have a shakala yeah you, you can't you have to be in there hands-on growing up did yeah. you feel like did you feel like you were you had to pick between being canadian and somali or what did that look like for you uh yeah 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 definitely i just i just needed to be canadian like i grew up like I always tell people in a kindergarten class or like everything from grade one to six, you sit at a table of 10 and not one person was like, there was only one white person. Everyone else was a different ethnicity. So I still stuck out and then I went to high school and then it was very white. And I was like, but I always came home to my grandma who only spoke Somali. And this is, my mom wasn't living with us at that time. She was, my grandma was raising us. And so I'd come home and it was just, I was so Somali at home. And then I'd go to school and I need to be so Canadian at school and I don't know, after, between the years of 15 to 25, I don't know who I was, but yeah. uh, the realization started to click after 25. I was just like, this is exhausting. So then after that, going to Somaliland and exploring that life when my mom brought us. So, I mean, it was all a path that led to, led one after another. But you know, when they, you said it in one of your podcasts, you were like, um, they always want, when you meet a Somali, they always remind you not to lose yourself or not mm -hmm. to lose your Somali or or something. There's that saying that they have. Mm -hmm. And then it's so much pressure. It's like, it's always a reminder of pressure. Don't let us down. Like, do not yeah. let us down. Do not let us down. And I'm just glad. I'm relieved. I'm, I'm not letting anyone down. <laughs> <laughs> The thing, the thing about, you know, I saw, there's this tweet that was going around. Tradition is being peer pressured by dead people. And I was like, yo, if that ain't the truth. I definitely agree. Like, I think before 25, you don't know who you are. And everything is like, you're just trying to figure it out, right? Um, and I went to Hargeisa when I turned 25. Now my little cousins are like, we don't even remember who you were before you went to Somalia. <laughs> And I was like, I don't even think it matters, though. Like, what was that about? Yeah. So now I'm very, like, grounded in, like... It's great. Yeah. It could totally... Isn't it just mind-blowing how the experience of coming here can completely change your persona? Like, just entirely, for the better, of course. But then, then I worry, because then there's people who come and they get nothing from it. And I'm like, 
tie into Somali culture was the music as well like I'm a major music person like for me it was I think a learning experience to kind of coming back to who or coming back to my Somali roots now though like I I definitely met a point where um I just feel like music is something that's accessible to all right so if the socialization aspect you know like the people if you don't have access to people or people that you can relate to and talk to then the music belongs to all of us you know it's like our what our cultural expression of places that we can all come together is different types of somalis or different types of people yeah. and still celebrate and enjoy being somali so my music page yeah uh, i'm seeing a lot, like a lot a lot now and i'm, I'm kind of like Ugh, i need to narrow this down to like top three like i just i don't need too much of my page flooded with it like i want to see some other cultures on my ground too but yeah I love it. I love that that's being integrated because I, I never had an appreciation for Somali music. You you could ask me, like people would ask me, the, the Ajnabis, they would just say, like, oh, so like, what's Somali music like? And I'm like, no fucking clue. Like, I have yeah. no idea. I, I would just make up something to describe what it might sound like. And then now I'm officially like tired of like not knowing. So let, yes. me, let me force myself to get it. I couldn't really handle the like screechy high pitch woman singing and now i'm just all about it. I, it my ear has learned to love it i still can't hear everything they're saying but my little cousin sings like a millisecond too slow <laughs> when she's singing <laughs> so i can catch some words and then i'll be like oh what's that mean she'll tell me and i'm like okay gotcha gotcha i am really obsessed with these days um gulet simba um marla okay. <laughs> and so because I now I keep watching it and I like because I feel like it's like a rap song I need somebody else to pay attention to it and like um you know look at it and like tell me what they think because I'm like a hardcore like I love rap music like my early music foundings is rap like Tupac Biggie like 50 Cent like hardcore gangster rap so the fact that I've like switched Somali music the way they express love to each other I'm just like first of all you guys don't express this in real life and second of all, no, it's, it's like where did where is this coming from? I've never met a dude. I definitely think that um, just keep listening to it. There were times that I used to listen to the music, like 2016. I didn't understand anything, and then by 2017, I was like, 
oh my god, I understand the words now, and I know exactly what they're saying. Yeah. <laughs> like, That's the phase I'm going through. I'm like, I'm like impressed with myself. I want to give myself a pat on my own back, but yeah. it's like, okay, you should have just. You should have just known this stuff already. No, I think honestly, there is, um, you should give yourself a pat on the back. Like, so for people who live in Hargeisa, they don't think that it's a learning curve, right? Like that, but for us, if you, learning our culture is a learning curve, like learning about our people and our history and our, like, even our parents is a learning curve. Like, I think it's, it's so mind boggling that we grew up in like these, you know, they're like, oh, you guys grew up in the West. So you have these foreign passports and you guys are rich and it's like. The tax, the foreign... We're missing a whole chapter. Like, we yeah. may have those things, but we, we don't have the things you have. You know, is there a middle ground and the, or the, the immigrant child tax? <laughs> I'm growing up outside of your immigrant kid tax. I'm growing up or, you know, being a part of an ethnic identity that you don't know anything about and not knowing about your parents. Like, what was the weight of having to navigate your life look like um, in Canada and now that you're going back home, like, what is the tax that you, or what do you think that you've had to kind of um, deal with or navigate being a child? Of, oh, yeah. yeah, I just, I, I can distinctly remember the feeling I got, which I hated so much, is like, oh, where are you from? It's okay, I can get over that part. Where are you from? Somalia, Mali, I'm Somali. And then they would say, okay, like, what's like, tell me something about your culture. Like, what's the food or like, what's the music? They, they want to know something about your culture, but I didn't have a quick answer. Like, I did not have an answer that I could give them. And I always felt very shamed in that part. Like, why is there nothing I can like say or tell them? Even the simple one of like, what, what's your cultural food? I'm like, uh, Paris and Boston. Like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, we have goat meat. Like, that's fancy. I never had a good enough. Um, I never had a good enough handle on my culture to be able to explain where I'm from or what. I just was embarrassed that I was too Canadian. And then I came here, and then I saw like all these different angles of our culture, but I still could not say or do anything about it Mm. it was understood among somalis so like the first couple years when i came before my youtube i would just post things that are so somali and Mm. somalis would laugh about it Mm -hmm. but then all my actually people watching it um they they saw that there was a cultural difference and they would reply to things but i was never good at explaining what these cultural things are when you see me what's that and things like that like those are all relatable we can still relate to those memes right mm-hmm. but when there's somali memes and things going around i don't think anyone else relates to those memes and you can't even explain it to someone either yeah so there's a very it's a very closed culture actually we're so <laughs> insular in a way that even within ourselves we're so insular that wakayawa you know but then that's why it's so much harder to get into it because they're so insular mm-hmm. my my second summer um I was just on this war path because I the first summer was all about the distinction between diaspora and local. Like there was a division. So the second summer I was like, like, you know, enough with the diaspora. Like I am diaspora, sure. But that doesn't, that doesn't give you the space to other me and not deal with me like how you deal with everybody else. Because at this point, like we are in the trenches together. We are working together. We are running. Like, you know, we're sitting side by side. Like we're all in this boat together, like in this at this place in this moment in time and they were just like and i'm just like and now i'm just like whatever like (laughs) but i i mean it's you're still othered over there you're still othered on the west yes and i was and i was not ready to be othered 
in back home that was the hardest thing for me to deal with and navigate um i was like i was like like i literally even was like i'm somali like because i think for us in the west if you care enough about your cultural identity then that's enough to be considered an insider you know to us but to people who are actually insiders they don't give a shit about that they're just trying to survive you know like and Uh, yeah i tend to i I was joking the first couple years when i'd come but i i'd wear my rags like i don't care what i look like i'm i'm also a bit darker skinned so i could blend in and not seem like i i won't stick out and i don't talk much so i'm behind the scenes so people can can i can pass as wadani yeah until i open my mouth then it's like "Mm." (laughs) so i spent a lot of a lot of time being a shadow so that i so that i wouldn't feel that harsh other feeling i, I don't want that <laughs> i yeah. left like the west from that feeling i don't want it here but hmm. they also they have a bit more of a put down personality so it's hard to separate it's hard to put your thick skin on my mom always says yeah so. oh my god my dad had to say <laughs> my dad used to have this saying um similar he was also like Listen, these people, like, don't try... He always used to tell us, even in the in the West, he was like, they can't tell you what to do, you know? And I was like, Dad, that's kind of rude. Like, don't uh, don't say that. And then after being there, I'm like, no, you really have to, like... Because... Oh, all, all they do is tell you what to do. It's yeah. so absolutely annoying. I'm, I'm baffled because I, I also, like... I'm like, we don't talk to each other in the West. You know, that's the biggest thing that kills me. It's like, you know, people will go out of their way not to say hi to each other. So when I'm just like casually doing things and they say, well, which usually means like, it's us in some way, right? From In my experience. I'm like, God forbid you guys see my neck. You know, it's 100 degrees outside. <laughs> I'm sweltering, okay? Like, everything else is covered. That was my biggest, like, and I used to, um, yeah, that part of it was just being mature that it was like, they're just always going to say things and you don't have to take it to heart. But in the beginning, I was like, what? Me? Like, um, yeah. do you know who I am? It's now? a really hard shield to put on. It's so hard to put the shield on because oh. we also come from like a place of defense. Like in the West, you've got your guard up all the time. Oh, so okay. then to hear it here, you're just like ready to fight. But then, but then once you start realizing they actually will never stop. <laughs> like, it's just that is just how they are. <laughs> Yeah. One of the biggest cultural norms that like it finally clicked when I got here and I felt the biggest sense of relief mm. is that we t- we can t- we can be quite lazy. Like I always wondered what was wrong with me and why I was so lazy. Like I I, I had like a huge weight of laziness on me and I didn't mm. understand what that was and then I got here and I noticed look at like yeah. they are just like that. So I felt a bit of relief in that way. Like I can be, I'm lazy by, by culture and that's okay. <laughs> so you can still get the job done when it needs to get done and you don't have to sulk on being lazy. There's a lot of stuff going on in the West right now, like in America about, um, around the elections and pandemic and stuff. There's a lot of, basically a lot of like, um, stuff about you don't need to work hard like that is a functionality of white supremacy um and kind of capitalist society that you just need to work hard and work hard be productive all the time to be worthy and so i think it's kind of like america is still kind kind of coming grips to that like you know uh, not america because it's very much for people of color like you know america is still gonna like try to lay you out at the end of the day so don't try to be like the perfect employee or whatever um so I think that that is, um, so there's there's movement towards that and there's language about that. But I think that there's, 
ultimately nobody can function in terms of this western life and be successful you know like it's just not set up for us no. it's an uphill battle that it's not it's actually not for us like yeah. i'm just glad that my mom's been telling me for years because she moved three years ago so the whole three years she was like sammy just leave you don't have to deal with this hustle you don't have mm-hmm. to deal with this like uh, rat race and i was like no like you know like i'm still young i'm still in my 20s let me do this i don't want to i don't want to like move to somalia yet i know that's in my future mm-hmm. but i'm glad i'm glad i finally like paid close attention and was like no fuck it let like this this is actually like why don't i just listen to the person who lived it for 30 years yeah. and go i mean part of it still sounds like you do feel guilty but like do you feel like that going moving to Somaliland definitely is only something you should do like in retirement like where where's like the contention like with you about just moving to Somaliland now at this age well i think that there used to be a pressure like if i'm moving to Somaliland at a young age i need to find work there i need to do something i need to start a career like i was in that big career phase right yeah. you can't you can't, you actually can't function and think about anything else if you haven't sorted that part out. But once I like fizzled that part out and realized I'm not a career chaser, that's not what I want. I just want to live and enjoy life. And pe- people always said, that's not possible. I was like, I don't need money. I just want to live and not be pressured to do anything. I don't want to wake up and work. I want to retire at 30. Like <laughs> I had all these things that people would call unrealistic. Yeah. And then I came here and it was very realistic. And I was like, oh shit. Like, no, 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 no. Let me just backtrack for a second. Let me just close off everything left that I really, really want to do over there mm. and then and and then open this absolutely chill life that I want. So oh it's not just a retirement life here. No, I don't think it's just a retirement life here. I'm just referring to the title of retirement because this is how easy life can be lived over mm. here. Mm-hmm. It's everyone I don't know when the mentality of um I guess that's when they all immigrated to the West is when they realize that the only time they could leave is when they hit their retirement and they have steady income. Right. Mm -hmm. But I think, I think that that, that needs to be unlearned and it can happen way sooner. Like it can happen absolutely way sooner. If you just realize you don't actually need that much money all the time, Mm -hmm. then I think that that mentality can be broken. And that it should be what instead. Like when I went, people are like, Oh, you know, you can start a business. You can do that. Like, so now like i think that there has been like a resurgence of people who are going back home to work in the um ngo uh sector and business Mm -hmm. but you're saying that there's another aspect or there's another way that we can look at life in Somaliland. yeah because it's it's i don't like having a business cap on i don't like having a investment cap on i don't like that those channels lead you down one road whereas if you don't wear those caps you can be led down this other road and like you said earlier like it's so nice that you are you know living that farm life and doing those type of things it's because none of those intentions came from i need to figure out a business i need to start a hustle and i need to do this and this those were just free channels i mean it comes with privilege too i don't want to sound like a like a absolutely privileged witch here and someone even said to me unless you've got millions i suggest you figure out how to sustain yourself and I was like, okay, I don't want people to think I have millions. I don't. I just don't live in a money-chasing headspace. Yeah. But it's, this is where sustainability comes. And my mom grounded the most, like, root, the most um, important thing in me is just have what Like, just do and make what you need for make make the amount that you need just to sustain yourself you don't need more you don't need less and if you get more put it away and that's fine but you don't need to keep chasing more just like 
for example, where we live in our house that we live, we don't, um, we don't run on electricity. We don't have water. We don't, um, like these aren't bills that we are connected to because you realize, okay, bucket baths, no problem. You're not dying. You don't absolutely need a shower all the time, right? Mm. Electricity. Okay. We have a solar, which means we can only have our, um, internet on in the evenings and that's it during the daytime you don't even need that go go spend your time outside during the day mm. so it's like limiting yourself down to the bare basics that don't make you need so much money in the future and once you can narrow your life down to 150 dollars a month i think you can find yourself living very happily like the new somaliland dream <laughs> um it's yeah good. well it's good like i think you're hitting a lot of aspects a narrative that's not usually told um because in this conversation so far, in the hour that I've known you, you've kind of negated against all the diaspora norms of like just hanging out at the <laughs> hotels. You don't even you don't need any local friends or whatever. You don't need to just be hanging out in these streets till two a.m. <laughs> um, and you know it's slow, sustainable, and meaningful, and deeply rooted. Um, you know, in your yeah. family, in like the women that came before you, and I think that's the importance of. Um, Focusing on, I guess, even female experiences in Somaliland. Like, uh, I think yeah. the thing that's ruminating in my head during this whole conversation is the connection between the land and the mothers. You know, like Mother yeah. Earth, Mother Land, Mother Africa. Yeah. Like, you've gone back to the mother and you're stuck. I mean, you've been rooted to the mothering aspects on all layers. Like, your physical mom, your grandmother, your foremothers, the land that you're cultivating and working on, and the motherland. And you're like, I'm good. Yeah. I have enough. Because... And yeah. then, and then that land, literally, that the, the land that is our mother is what should sustain you. You look at the people living here; they don't have the type of money we have in the West, and they are. I, I don't want to uh, downplay their scenarios, but ev- there is a, a level of survival. So you mm-hmm. can survive without all that amount of money and business and investment and savings. You just need to level yourself to this ground level, and the motherland can hold you down. It can. A lot of my channel is is a target towards mother-daughter relationships and I just don't want people to think that we've been like this forever like it entirely had to do with the motherland the motherland enhanced Mm. this relationship between me and my mom my mom was just my mom when I was growing up in Canada but the second we got here the 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 momness went away and she became a new category of friend so it's just it doesn't magic here that can only be tapped once you're here just i can't express it any more than that Mm. that there's so much more to gain here than there is out there in the west